Yes, sir. Okay. Um, welcome, everyone, to the sixth episode of Setting the Record Straight. Uh, this is MJ Harris. And this is Jack Graves. And, yeah, welcome back to a whole new school year. Totally different school year. One that's not on campus, but on the interwebs. <laughs> uh, I... Uh, it's been a minute, actually. I think the, I don't remember the last episode, that's officially out. I think it may have been the unlocked. I, yeah, I think it was the unlocked. Denzel Curry. Yeah. yeah. Um, so and and that was around March, I think. So. Literally right before the pandemic, and <laughs> all the, uh, all the things that would transpire afterwards. But I mean, uh, we're still here now. So, I mean, overall, ultimately, still making content for y'all. Um, I know me and Jack, we got to chop it up a little bit about um, just how overall things are doing. Um, but, yeah, Jack, just wanted to ask you quickly, how is uh, everything going? Yeah, man, it's been, a, it's been a long time. It's been a long summer, it feels like. Um, it's almost, it's like when I'm back home, there's just, when we were in quarantine, there was no sense of time whatsoever, and I just... I thought it was like two weeks would pass and it would be a couple of days, but um, it's it's time has sped back up now. Uh, I guess yeah, I went back home uh, to Seattle when Cal uh, changed the classes to online back in March, and then I was just during the whole lockdown era, I was just in the house with my parents and sister, and that was fun. Yeah, I got to watch a lot of TV with my sister and. Had a lot of family dinners and stuff. It was, it was definitely a fun time. Um, and then I guess finally in the summer, I was looking for jobs for a super long time. And I got a job being a cashier at a golf store, which is, I don't know anything about golf. I didn't know anything about <laughs> golf. So it was an interesting experience. I learned a lot about differences between the circular golf balls from each other and uh probably the different um the types of endings on the on the golf stick i, I can't remember the, oh yeah the head the, of the, the drivers yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah I'm, so no a lot I'm, of I'm, stuff I'm, but uh don't think i'll really be using it that much um but yeah i took a couple summer classes at berkeley too and online of course but that was that was pretty interesting and now i've finally about a week ago moved back in berkeley on the south side of campus been really excited to to see my friends again uh it's looking like the town is it's not as empty as i thought it would be surprisingly there's a, it seems like there's a decent number of people who came back um mm -hmm. but yeah i'm just i'm excited for this school year but yeah no that's i'm I wonder how it was at the golf store. Were people still like going over just buying? I mean, oh, I'm, I'm assuming it was just like a regular golf store. Like you would purchase actual equipment, not like going golfing. I'd yeah, say. yeah, yeah. We had, we had a lot okay. of people coming in, actually. I mean, the main clientele was like rich old people who were retired and uh, had nothing else Tired. to do but golf and would come in and buy a pack of golf balls for their weekly round or whatever. But uh, 
<laughs> so it was an so, experience. Yeah, I remember we were we were talking about that in March, and you were like, "Oh, hopefully I get something in the in the summer." You <laughs> and uh, yeah, it turns out golfing was the was the calling, or at least helping people buy stuff was the calling. <laughs> um, but I guess uh, yeah, I guess for me. The the summer has actually been a little bit hectic, I'd say. Um, fortunately, I haven't been hit really too hard by the pandemic. Uh, I was able to score like a virtual remote internship with this nonprofit organization. Um, at the same time, I've had to uh, work as a recording engineer at a local studio in Oakland. And uh, it's funny is uh, I think during one of those, I, I think after one of those sessions, I was taking the bus back one night and I ended up getting jumped by four people <laughs> uh, while waiting for the bus. Yeah, that was a, it was a little weird because I think, uh, yeah, it was a little sus how everything just kind of transpired. Like I, would, I was just sitting and waiting for the bus. Two people just come out of the corner like very suspiciously and I knew it was sus because there was nowhere else, no other people in that like vicinity. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to just going to prepare myself. And then I think one of them tried to snatch my phone, but I was able to I was I, I kind of knew how that was going to happen, so I just quickly moved, defended myself, then started to attack me or not really attack me, like they they try to like square up, I guess. Um and then I think in the middle of that a car comes over and then two more people exit the vehicle. And at that point, I was like, "Let's just uh, let's just find a way out of this situation." So I uh, I basically created enough space. So I moved forward while they moved back. Once I had enough space, I just yeeted <laughs> across the the stoplight towards a, a well lit bank. <laughs> and um, yeah, they uh, they they tried to chase after me, but once they saw where I was running, uh, they just quickly turned back and. Yeah, I think the only thing they took were my glasses, and yeah, but look at this. I, I'm pretty sure uh, the audience won't get to see this, but holding my phone, oh. uh, <laughs> the, the phone that they try to take. So I am satisfied with kind of how it turned out. I did actually get injured in the eye, though, um, and I, I for a while I was on eye medication, um, I couldn't see out of that eye for a minute, and um, oh my God. It, was, it, it hurt a little bit, but I mean, like I said, I got my <laughs> I still have my phone, um, <laughs> so it's all good. Um, That's crazy. I've never, I don't think I've ever heard of someone who escaped a four-person mob trying <laughs> to attack him. That's, some, that's something to be proud of, basically, on the scale, oh, yeah. too. Um, yeah, yeah, no, that's uh, that's that's true. That's kind of how I've been looking at it is like, oh, I face like a four-person army, low-key. Um, yeah, so we can get on to the main topic for today, uh, which is basically COVID-19 and its impact on the current music industry. And I uh, kind of wanted to um, talk about this not only because... Um, you know, it's relevant today because we're actually going through COVID-19, but also because um, I feel like it might be interesting for our listeners to get like a better insight into how deeply um, 
musicians and artists are being affected by COVID. And I think as fellow musicians and producers ourselves, I feel like we can kind of sympathize and relate to a lot of the struggles that um, current artists are going through right now. Um, even though we're not, I wouldn't say, or like we're, not, we're definitely not like at the, the top tier commercially successful type, but um, hopefully someday, <laughs> someday. But uh, um, yeah, no, I just wanted to get into that because I find this very interesting and very complex at the same time. So obviously with COVID-19, one of the main ways in which um, COVID-19 has been impacting a lot of musicians and artists is by um, affecting touring dates. As you can tell, a lot of festivals and um, concert companies and live event planners, they started to cancel uh, shows. Like even the, the bigger headliners like Billie Eilish, Harry Styles, uh, towards the second week of March had their shows canceled and um, yeah and I I think this aspect of um, I think this aspect of the music industry is really being hurt right now by COVID um, I, I also I think it's also important to provide a little bit of background into just how artists and musicians make money in the music industry. And from what I've researched, the way artists and musicians make money is pretty convoluted and just, it's, it's really messy. And I, I'm kind of hesitant to go very deep into this because I can quickly sense that our listeners are just going to just turn this off, but... Um, I think just the most important things to take away from this money-making thing is that um, artists and musicians, they basically make money from kind of these main sectors. So live performances, so touring and, and uh, live shows and things like that. Royalties, uh, which is kind of the uh, recurring, like, which is the money that you basically get uh, as your song or album uh, continues to get plays. Uh, synchronizations is when you get placements on you know, radio, um, when you get placements on radio programs or on uh, movies. Merchandise, which is you know, merch. Obviously, that's, that's a very popular thing among current musicians and artists, um, kind of plugging their merch. Um, and also brand deals as well. So you have big artists like Drake, for instance, partnering up with uh, Nike, Nike uh, uh. and then Kanye partnering with Gap. But that's more of like a that's more of a fashion type thing. But I guess I could also go with merch. Um, but anyways, yeah, nevertheless, that's kind of the main sectors which artists make their money. And keep in mind that when talking about kind of how artists and musicians make money, you do have both the, the big commercially successful artists, but then you also have these very small, these small indie bands, these small artists who are just also trying to get their name out there who don't necessarily have the same number of plays as Billie Eilish or uh, Lady Gaga or things like that. So um, 
yeah, it, it can be really frustrating. And I think one thing I also forgot to mention is just how much of a factor record labels and record companies play into this whole process because ultimately the record companies and record labels that sign these very big musicians end up recouping a lot of the money being made um, and artists ultimately would see like uh, and ultimately artists won't see a majority of that and so that in and of itself is already kind of troubling to hear especially now with COVID um, kind of making it harder for a lot of these artists and musicians to have to recoup that kind of big chunk of money from live performances. Uh, yeah, and another thing too about the, another, one of the sectors was royalties slash uh, like streaming profits and stuff. And I was doing a little reading on that too. And the, the streaming profits, which is if you're a small artist and you can't play live performances, you probably don't have a super big following that maybe merch sales will have like a big impact. Streaming is really the only thing maybe you have right now as an income. And the streaming income is so messed up on Spotify and Apple Music. It's cra- It's so ridiculously low. Like I was doing the math. It says they pay about between 0.006 cents and 0.008 cents yeah. per song. And... If you do the math on that, if you have a song that maybe, say, it blows up and gets like 500,000 streams, pretty rare for an artist, unless you're one of the top like 400 artists in the world, maybe, or something like that. Yeah. You'll make about $4,000 from that song, which seems so low to have 500,000 yeah. streams, and that's all you're going to make from that song. It's, it's so messed up right now for artists. It's crazy. Yeah, um, it's... It's really kind of, it, it really doesn't conform to kind of the traditional process of getting music out. Um, it can't really conform to that, especially with those values. And yeah, it really is, it's, it's just crazy, man. Like I know if you're, just to get a dollar on like Apple Music, for instance, you would have to have at least a couple hundred plays. Um, and I think, yeah, for Spotify in that case, if you did the same math, to get around a dollar would be around like uh, 200 or around 300 plays. YouTube's ratio is even crazier because I know a thousand views would translate to a dollar or something like that. Yeah. So I guess the, I mean, I guess the benefit or silver lining is that there are, I guess the silver lining is that there are many distributors. <laughs> So it's not just it's not necessarily just four thousand dollars for one song. It's four thousand dollars for a song on Spotify. And then kind of if you were to tally up all the distributors, you would get like probably around maybe 10K or 20K based on the number of distributors out there. But even then, that's still not that's that's still not like um, it's that still ain't it. Like that's not that's in no way at all resembling the amount of money. I'm pretty sure artists back in the day would make by selling uh, records just off the print. And uh, yeah, no, I can't. I think that's especially why a lot of current artists, especially those who aren't signed to 
huge record labels have to rely on other forms of uh, income, so live performances or merchandise, because those things, uh, I feel like the record companies don't really have a lot of control over. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's kind of unfortunate that COVID-19 is really affecting those aspects of um, the artists making their money. Yeah, and I saw a good example today on social media uh, of like a big artist being kind of cognizant about the struggles of a small artist. It was Tyler, the creator. He put out a vinyl edition of his record today. And I saw mm-hmm. he on his social media, he was saying, like, don't buy this from my big label. Buy it from, like, your local record, uh, your record store company. That's good that he's aware of that, too. Like, just, uh, I wasn't even aware of how, like, buying it off their website would obviously go directly to them. I, I, I didn't even think that much of a micro level, but that, that totally makes sense. Um, and yeah, I think what kind of makes this issue even worse is just with how the United States especially is just handling the response to the pandemic right now. Like, I feel like everything that the the current president who shall not be named is doing right now, um, (laughs) is, is kind of delaying a lot of, um, the artist's ability to go back into live performances or um to go back to touring and it's just really kind of messing things up so i think the uh it's interesting overall just to think of how covid is impacting uh particularly musicians and artists among everyone else yeah it's wild um i had a i myself i'm i mean i have a lot going on here at cal in terms of classes and i was working uh, that summer job so I didn't have really a full experience maybe of of some of my friends from high school have come on to the like music track in their lives um, but I've watched a few of them so I've kind of seen what they've been going through um, I mean I have a couple friends who were trying to do something really cool for their community where they were having concerts out on their front lawn for their whole like block of people yeah. every week um, and just they got into the the newspaper in Seattle, the Seattle Times, and people started coming mm-hmm. around. And uh, I thought that that was like a really cool way um, for like an artist to come up with something in this time. And also, I have a background playing uh, jazz in high school. And there's this there's this artist I listen to a lot on on YouTube and Spotify. His name Chad Lefkowitz. Um, he's a mm-hmm. sax player. And I saw he made a thing called a virtual big band where he they got everybody on Zoom or something and uh, they were playing songs together and he made YouTube videos out of it and it was uh, it was actually a pretty cool pretty cool video they sounded like it sounded like they were in person to me and you know he's getting views off that and just getting people's like name out there in the open yeah yeah um, I think. I think this is a good also just overall transition to just how despite all of these challenges that COVID-19 is presenting, how artists and musicians are really trying to bounce back from this and, and the ways in which they're doing it too is just, it's very creative, very innovative and also, you know, very entertaining, but just especially kind of, you just got to give props to them for like continuing to push through a global pandemic. 
like that in and of itself is something worthy of praising. Um, but yeah, one of my um, one of my friends who also makes beats, he uh, he got a chance to perform for a live stream benefit concert through Twitch, and uh, yeah, it was just kind of funny how it all just transpired. Like you would just see him on the screen and like see him like pressing pads, and then the chat would react real time. It it felt. Uh, I was just like, it just felt a little bit weird to me because I feel like with live concerts, a lot of the performers would like feed off of, you know, actual people and energies and things like that. But with live performances through Twitch or something like that, you don't really have that same kind of, you don't have that same aspects to depend on. And so you're just kind of having to wing it out and and figure it out and i think for him his performance he he seemed like he was pretty chill it didn't even look like he was really trying to focus on like how other people are reacting to it he was more just like making sure everything on his end was good so yeah i remember hearing about i think youtube was planning to have features for their live concerts where it'd be you could pay to have your like a message go up to the top of the chats that the artists would see it maybe or you could mm-hmm. pay, put in some money and request a song that the artist would play. Was that oh, kind of yeah. what was going on in your in that guy's Twitch stream, or was it a little different? I think with his, it was more, they had a set list. So it was just like, oh, we're going to play this artist for a set amount of time, and then we're going to switch over to the next artist. And yeah, so it was a little less, um, little less interactive, I'd say. But... Uh, it was still kind of cool to see how that all transpired, regardless of how weird and off-putting it was. Um, but yeah, speaking of live streaming, I think another kind of innovation in in how musicians are responding to the pandemic is just going to Twitch. So um, artists like Kenny Beats and uh, Alex Tumay, a famous uh, recording engineer for Young Thug, um, to ultimate like to huge people like Timbaland he had the it's one of the most prolific and kind of notable sounds in the 2000s and ill mind who's worked with many many great hip-hop legends um you have all of these kind of artists and musicians just hopping on on twitch and hosting live streams and um and each of them I feel like they have their own kind of twist to how they're doing their live streams so I think the one I'm most familiar with is Kenny Beats, who he he launched his Twitch early March. Um, I think after The Cave, you know, he couldn't film his YouTube series, The Cave, because he couldn't go to the studio because we're in a global pandemic. So uh, he's had to um, he ended up I think he and his team had to kind of figure out a way to to live stream stuff. And he got a system where. Now it's grown to like this huge community. This is a Discord where producers and artists can collaborate. Uh, he would host weekly beat battles and bring on guest judges to judge beats. So he have like Billie Eilish's brother Phineas as a judge. He had Timbaland as a judge. Um, who else? He had someone from Disclosure. This is famous EDM group. Uh, he had them as a judge too. So it's just kind of 
crazy how all that's transpired and on top of that he's able to make his money through donations and and um subbing on twitch and i find that really cool yeah i was also in this in this time where everybody's been locked inside there's been a surprising amount of um music that's actually come out in the hip-hop world a few people yeah. that i follow a like kind of follow a lot i know j cole released a couple songs a couple weeks ago um there was a funny travis scott kanye west collab which i was not yeah. expecting to see given the <laughs> recent turn of kanye's music but surprisingly mm-hmm. i thought it was kind of an interesting song it was uh, yeah. <laughs> had a classic kind of travis scott upbeat type beat and then of course kanye had to come in with the holy spirit lyrics and such <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but that was, that was uh, I had a fun time listening yeah. to that song and then mm-hmm. I know also Juice World put out uh, the posthumous album of his mm-hmm. uh, which a lot of people liked I haven't gotten around to listening to the whole album but I have had listened to a few songs with a couple friends and I really I really liked it I heard that it's um, it's a really popular album and then there was a Future album a couple months ago that I personally liked. I'd gotten more into Future a little bit over the quarantine as well. Um, Not a lot of things have really like piqued my interest specifically. Um, I think other than... Actually, no. I think the only thing that really piqued my interest was the Logic album. Just because it was... Um, I'm, I'm not like a huge Logic fan. But I was very surprised when he announced his retirement. And I had been listening to his music like prior. Um, so I, I just kind of, I was, yeah, I listened to that album. And uh, I don't want to spoil kind of how I feel about it. I'll save that for the review. Um, and I think, yeah, just like, um Actually, no, Drake's latest record, uh, Dark Lane Demo Tapes, that also was something that piqued my interest a little bit. I was just kind of digging the, um, I kind of dig more of that instrumental, moody sound. Um, Maybe a little bit excited for what he has to come for his main um, record that's going to come out soon, because I know Dark Lane Demo Tapes is just like a, a filler kind of project. Yeah, I did like um, that kind of vibe with the moody instrumentals as well. And also one thing I saw in that was that was his first album in some crazy long period of time that didn't debut as number one on the Billboard 100. <laughs> so I'm thinking, oh, yeah. is this about to be the, is this finally the end of Drake's reign of popularity over the hip hop? Could be starting yeah. to to slow down a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean, he did come out with the um, the that single with Lil Durk. Um, oh yeah, right. I don't know if it actually hit the the billboards at all. Oh nope, it is. Yeah, it hit number one. Yeah, that's <laughs> oh, okay. Spoke uh, just a check the website. Soon. Yeah. Uh, so it's yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that I found those parts to be interesting obviously WAP came out with um Meg Thee Stallion and um Cardi B it's a pretty cool song um and and speaking of Meg Thee Stallion oh my goodness 
the 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 drama and the just the the horror. <laughs> Obviously, I feel I I Meg Stallion is not gonna listen to this, but if she does, in, in the in the low chance that she does, I I I hope you have been doing well man i suck at this uh, yeah it, it's terrible to hear what's happened to her and on top of that the backlash that she's received from kind of um like from the incident that occurred uh and yeah no i'm i'm just kind of sad that it's happening uh but yeah no i guess sorry for the sidetrack but just going back to the main topic yeah the 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 catalog of just new music coming out right now, it's still, it makes me hopeful how current artists and musicians are still kind of chugging along through the pandemic, putting out hits. Um, that Jack Harlow song, actually, I'm surprised that's kind of been the, the hit for him. Um, like, especially during quarantine, like that, the, the what's poppin song oh, has yeah. been, popping like crazy uh and i've i followed jack a little bit i've listened to some of his stuff um i think before he came out with when he had the glasses and um was sober uh so yeah no it's interesting to see kind of his growth yeah. um, i mean he got the all-star track list on that song what's popping uh yeah i guess that's probably what's got to do with it too also, you're, you you started listening to JPEG Mafia, I've seen in the outline, huh, Jack? Yes, I did. Uh, yep. One of my friends back home got me big into him. Uh, yeah, I mean, I really like his album, Veteran. I haven't gotten too into his most recent one, All My Heroes Are yeah. Cornballs. I need to listen to that a couple more times. But Veteran is yeah. just, it's crazy how, how like... Yeah. Just the experimentalism, but it all like kind of ties together, and it's like, I like, I don't know, and I like his flows a lot too, and it's like, he makes it all himself, like a Tyler the Creator kind of guy, yeah. I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, records everything, produces everything, writes his own lyrics, records, mixes, and masters everything. That is, other than Tyler, like, those people I would consider are triple, what do you even call that? Like, they're... They're just threats, I'd say. They're just crazy um, musicians. Like, to be able to do that, you just have to have such a talent and put in so much work. It's kind of... It's like... I have so much respect for people like that. It's, yeah, his whole backstory is just crazy, too. He's 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 literally a veteran. He used to be... Uh, I think he served in the Air Force at one point, and then, um, yeah, he got honorably discharged and the he he talked about how he made his album too in one of his interviews uh he i think he just recorded like 89 songs oh my god and then just chipped away at like and then once he was finished he was like all right which ones do i like the most it's like this 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 and then that's what made veteran yeah and that yeah he's just a he's just a beast he, and I'm, he, I'm also a fan of him too he deserves to get some more fame. Anybody who's listening should go put on some JPEG Mafia and yeah, get him some yeah. more streams. And he deserves it. I guess TLDR for me, it's been uh, it's been a really tough time for musicians. 
but it has been also really like inspiring to see what people have been coming up with in terms of ways to circumvent um restrict like or not circumvent restrictions but new ways to come up like with socially safe ways to display their music and additionally hopeful makes me hopeful for the future with the music that's been coming out um i guess that's my little summary yeah yeah no that's good summary um well you've heard it here first Uh, we got the next episode of setting the record straight being the review of logic's final album no pressure um don't know we don't have a date for that yet we're still figuring out this process but uh it'll come soon it will Uh, yeah we'll get back on the regular schedule get some more episodes pumped out be good yes sir uh so uh yeah this has been episode six of setting the record straight once again this is mj harris this is jack graves and signing off i'll see you in the next time